Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We're doing episode 20, which is kind of a fun milestone, I guess. Yeah. Um, we have begun a new series at Ontario Christian Church, studying the Psalms of Ascent. We've talked about a couple of those here in the last couple of podcast episodes, and uh, I'm excited for this series, Steve. I think it's going to be a good one. And you started it off great with... Um, Psalm 120, and then Psalm 121 and 124 this past week. And um, just to kind of briefly recap, and feel free to interject, Steve, as I recap your sermon. Okay. Um, Psalm 121 talks about um, calling out to the Lord in times of distress. And Psalm 124 has similar themes in it. And, man, life is hard. And life is hard right now mm-hmm. um, and scary. And we talked last week about posturing ourselves to receive the peace of the Lord in the face of fear. And in similar um, line of thought, this was crying out to the Lord in times of distress, crying out to the Lord in times of need. And our benediction for this last week was God is our refuge and strength, mm-hmm. a very present help in trouble. And that's Psalm 46, verse 1. And just coming out of that, we felt um, the need to talk about the idea of being attentive to God. Like we, we say he's a very present help in trouble. Like that's a promise and he's there. And that's mm-hmm. not only something that is uttered in this psalm, uh, but is also uttered throughout the entire, p- all the pages in scripture. Uh, Jesus says, I'll be with you always till the end of age. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Like God is present. Mm-hmm. And the question we want to ask ourselves is, are we? Are we present to his help in times of trouble? Are we present to him when we talk about what it means to seek first his kingdom? Are we present to him when we're uh, looking for wisdom and we're trying to figure out wisdom, would, what, would, what would wisdom do in this or what would wisdom do in that? And so this idea of being attentive to God and aware of his presence um, is where we're going to go today. So Steve, you want to take it from there? Yeah, I think it. I think it really is important for us to posture. We we talked about this, and you brought it up in in preparation for this to have a posture where we're leaning back towards a God who's leaning towards us. Mm. Um, and as we had been talking it through, First Samuel three, the narrative of the young boy Samuel and God speaking to him, uh, kind of jumped out to me. And there's going to be a lot of other scriptures, but I want to read this real quick. First Samuel three one through fourteen, a little lengthy, but hang in there for me. Uh, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Now I could get on a high horse right now about vision, but I shall not, except for we need to seek the Lord in his vision, uh, not mankind's vision about the church. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So that's a crazy thought even, uh, that Samuel is so close to God. 
uh, at least his presence, right? We know that God's everywhere, but in this case, the tabernacle, the temple, especially the inner sanctuary, was a place where the Jews specifically would understand that that is the presence of God. Like, you can't get any closer to God than in that place. And yet, uh, God hasn't been speaking to these people because they've not been leaning and posturing towards him. But this young boy uh, has an opportunity uh, because I believe of his purity, of his intentions as a young man, as a young boy. The Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and he laid down. And the Lord called again Samuel and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But, he, uh, but Eli says, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, in which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. I mean, this is not the word that you would want as a vision of the Lord, right? And yet the Lord saw fit um, to use this to share his vision, to share his thoughts and his plans uh, to the young boy Samuel. But Samuel had to learn to posture himself to be able to listen to the Lord. Though he was very close to him, he had never heard from the Lord, it says, and then God calls out to him. And so he had to respond to God's call. And so his posture at that moment was to respond by saying, here I am. And so, I mean, you've heard a lot of sermons. If you've been in church very long, specifically about this subject with this passage, uh, but just thinking about our own walk and our own life, how we're close to God. This, the, the scriptures say we have the spirit of the Lord dwelling in us. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then we are the tabernacle of God and mm-hmm. as close to God as you can get in a lot of ways. Right. Um, which you did an excellent job uh, a few weeks back talking about the spirit of the Lord that dwells within us. And so if that's the case, then why don't we hear from the Lord? Mm. And oftentimes I do believe it's because um, we're distracted and, and just not paying attention <laughs> Uh, to what it is that God is speaking to us. And he does call us by name. And and so are we listening? Are we drawing near to the God that draws near to us? Any thoughts you have on that that passage or maybe a jump off passage even? Yeah, I mean, just uh, like you said, the idea that we are <clears throat> the tabernacle. Um, like he's, you know, that, that passage in John 1, 1, 14, that he has come to tabernacle among us, to right. dwell among us. And by way of coming to dwell among us, that's Jesus. And mm-hmm. then leaving us and sending the helper. Yep. I mean, like we have the spirit of God living in us. And so why does it seem like at times, um, we know the God, that God is a very present help in trouble, but it seems like sometimes he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very complex question. Um, but so is it on God or is it on us is kind of what we're getting at here, right? Right, right. And I'd say, like we said last week about something, yes. I think it was like, right, right. you know, yep. how much of my peace depends on me and how right. much of it depends on God. Like, 
we said that it's a peace that comes from God, but if I'm looking elsewhere to receive what only he can offer, I'm not going to receive it. Right. Um, I think it's the same way. Like God is present. And there are times where it does seem like he removes his presence, and that's where the Psalms of lament come into play. But even then, you're still trying to invoke the presence of God Mm -hmm. in in prayer. You're trying to call, where are you, Lord? Like you're still directing your attention and your gaze towards him. Um, So, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump to uh, Psalm 63. Psalm 63, starting in verse 1. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. David, I mean, it literally says right above this, He, when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Mm. Earnestly I seek you. I wonder how much we can say that about our pursuit of God. Are we seeking him earnestly? My soul thirsts for you. Do we feel our soul thirsting for the Lord, or are we filling it with lesser appetites like we talked about in our prayer and fasting? As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, he's in the wilderness. Then he says, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. He says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Hmm. So I will bless you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I mean, just the idea that, so I've looked upon you in the sanctuary. Like, this is where he directs his gaze. He is thirsty. He, he wants to seek God. His flesh is fainting for God. He's in a dry and weary land where there's no water which anything outside of God, when it comes to the living water that Jesus talks about, that our souls thirst and long for, anything outside of God is a dry and weary land. Mm -hmm. There is no water. Think about Jeremiah 2, that they've hewed out cisterns that can't, the broken cisterns, they can't hold any water. Only God can satisfy. David, like, like, just look at where David directs his gaze. Look where his attention is focused. He beholds his power and glory. And he says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I'll bless you as long as I live. And again, in your name, I will lift up my hands. Just seeing how David uh, directs his gaze, directs his attention. And uh, man, I just keep, I just had another thought. I believe it's, uh, I'm not going to quote it because I can't remember exactly the psalm, but um, one thing I've asked, and mm-hmm. this I will seek to dwell in the, in the house, house of the, the Lord, Lord all, yeah, to gaze upon his beauty and worship at his feet. Like that's that's how we are to posture ourselves mm-hmm. as well. So what about you? Any thoughts? Well, can I jump to Isaiah now? Absolutely. I mean, basically, these are just back to back. This is good. And you didn't plan that one. It's not in my notes. So that's awesome. 63? Yeah. Wow. Maybe maybe you did plan it, but here. Maybe it, I gave you the wrong reference. Maybe so. <laughs> so Isaiah 55, which I had pulled out earlier, comes right off that, right? Yeah. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Mm. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. 
because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, that being Jesus, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. So I think it jumps right off of, ironically, the passage that you shared mm. uh, from Psalm 63, that, yeah, we um, the, the posture again is to uh, not find our sustenance um, in this world, but to find our sustenance in God and to incline our ears to the God who is calling us and uh, desires for us to be near unto him. And he, he promises to give us so much more than what this mm. world has to promise. Mm-hmm. This world's stuff just falls so flat. And how we know that? Because we're always having to buy something new. We're always having to look for something else to fulfill some uh, brief moment of, of our, our fleshly appetites. We're always thirsty. We are. Mm-hmm. We are. And, and, and yet in the presence of the Lord, he's the one that can fulfill uh, all that we thirst for. And just uh, just really cool, I think, that Psalm 63 and Isaiah 55 uh, just join together to remind us of that. So it's a good word. Anything, anything else you have there? Yeah, just think about incline your ear and come to me and hear that your soul may live and I'll make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. And we've talked about this in the past, but just the idea of silence and solitude and making space to be alone in the quiet with God and just making space to hear him. Um, And obviously there's a lot of different teaching and we don't want to get into that. on like God speaking to us and how God speaks to us. I would say God has spoken and continues to speak to us through Mm -hmm. his word. And so anything that we think we hear from God, we need to first test with the word of God because right he's never going to speak outside of that. But with his word, he does speak to us and the spirit does take certain things and impress them upon our hearts. And um, just the idea of a practice of being attentive to God, we've talked about this, whether it's setting a timer for five to 10 minutes, and like I'm just going to be still before the Lord and attentive to the, what the spirit of God might be saying to me. Mm-hmm. And, we we need to reclaim that like mm-hmm. as a practice and we need to immerse ourselves in that practice and and like in a way give ourselves over to it it's kind of like the um the passage we just read uh, speak lord your servant is listening it's like that's that posture we uh take in a practice like that so mm-hmm. that was just a thought i had coming out of that and, and when he when god says incline your ear to me and come to me and hear that your soul may live um yeah. yeah, Hebrews eleven six. Jumping off of that, um, it says, "And without faith, it is impossible to mm. please God, for for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists." So that's like the first thing. Do you even believe that that mm. God exists and that He is the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer of all things, and that He rewards those who seek Him? Mm. Um, and so, if if we're diligent in seeking the Lord, he will reward us for that. Like he will reveal himself to us. Like he said, through the word, through the Holy spirit moving within us, confirmations, affirmations, corrections, all those things. And, uh, as you mentioned, I think the word of God becomes more and more alive mm-hmm. as we mature in Christ, right? As we mature in life, uh, more of it becomes more applicable and we can grow in those things. And so that's why you can read one scripture one week and be like, ah, eh, you know, I don't quite get it. And then a month later, like, oh, my word, I need I need that. Like, there's something in me. And so that's uh, a sign of growth through that. But um, it's impossible to please God without faith. And mm. so faith leans in to yeah, that moment. That's absolutely. what faith does. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we've been around or if we've been in church for a while, I think this is where familiarity can be dangerous and, and um have a negative effect on us because that, that, that verse and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Like 
do we have faith? Mm-hmm. Or what is our faith in? We all have faith in That's something. A good point. You know, yeah, is our faith point. in God? And it, it, I love it. He's like, if, if you must believe that He exists. You know, we we might be so routine in our prayer, scripture reading, and all these other things. And like you just said, you might read one passage one week and then read it the next week, and it the Spirit speaks to you in a different way. Do we believe that He exists? Like when we pause to pray uh, before a meal, are we just saying rote words that don't really mean anything? Or do we believe that we're talking to the God of the universe? Which is a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. That he wants us to talk to him. Um, and so just using, like letting these things check us. Um, and that believing that he rewards those who seek him. Mm-hmm. Do we believe that he rewards those who seek him? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to jump? Where did you want to jump to next for, for your passages here? Um, let's jump to second Corinthians 10. Yeah, go five, for it. Yeah. And then we can jump to Colossians after that. Yeah. And I may throw something else in. That's great. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Just go don't for cheat it. like you have. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask for some of your insight here, too, because you always explain something in the context of this verse that's helpful for me, and I believe it's helpful for everyone. Um, so 2 Corinthians 10, we're just going to jump to verse 5. Mm-hmm. We destroy argue, oh, wow. We destroy arguments there we go. and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is Complete. So this idea of a taking our thoughts a captive and taking the thoughts we have. And in the context of the conversation, the whole springboard was Psalm 46, verse 1. God is a very present help in trouble. And we're, we're asking the question, are we present to him in times of trouble? And do we go elsewhere in times of trouble? And if we think that we can find, whether it's the comfort that God offers or the water that this world is offering compared to the living water that God is offering. Like the thoughts we have about where we need to go with what we experience in life, if they are not to go to God, we need to take those thoughts and make them obey Christ, which means what, Steve? This is where I want to ask you. Well, <clears throat> we go here a lot, but where your treasures there, your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And so where what your, what your treasure is, is, that is where you are drawn to. And what you're drawn to, you think about. And what you think about, you will actually end up walking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it, there are times when our thoughts uh, will draw us into places. I mean, right above that, he's talking about the flesh. Uh, though we walk in the flesh, we, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. What are those strongholds? Those strongholds are beliefs and thoughts. Those things that hold us captive uh, from instead of having trust and faith in what God has said and is doing, um, the fear of what is happening in the fleshly world keeps us from believing that God is capable of overcoming. Um, and so we have to be very aware that sometimes that self-talk and that those thoughts that happen within us uh, can can lead us away from the presence of the Lord. And we're to take that thought captive and, and self-talk and like give it to the Lord and say, listen to myself, this is not profitable. Like where we're heading, where I'm heading with these thoughts, uh, I need to take them captive and make my life obedient to Christ. I need to give it to Jesus and, um, and trusting that he has a better plan 
with what's about to take place in my life, but I have to take these things captive and walk in a new way. But mm-hmm. what were you? What were your thoughts? I may have missed it completely on what you were thinking. You have you've talked about before. You're right there, but the idea of captive and like taking our thoughts and captivating with them with Christ. Yeah, what is captive, right? Yeah, and so anything you want to say on that? Oh, you go for it, bro. So yeah, it's it's um, taking those thoughts that we have. And like you, you mentioned, where your treasure is there, your heart will be. And we're going to be drawn to what we think about and what we treasure. And what we treasure, we will then think about, and then we will act accordingly. And maybe this will jump right to Colossians 3. And you also had another idea or another passage you want to jump to. But t- like captivating our thoughts with who Jesus is will naturally lead us to walk in obedience to him. We'll naturally lead, because we'll want to submit to him. Like Mm -hmm. he is so good. And obedience throughout the scriptures is not just for the sake of God squashing our joy or God just wanting us to be these people who are so modified in their behavior that Mm. you fill in the blank. Like he wants us to love him. Yeah. And he is so good and he wants us and of course like our behavior needs to be modified that's not what we're saying but god does want to transform us from the inside out and if we look at earlier in second corinthians paul lays down this thought when he talks about our sanctification and our transformation into the same image from one degree of glory to the other that image being jesus it comes by beholding the glory of the lord Mm -hmm. by having our thoughts and our minds and our hearts and our entire lives captivated by how good Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is going to go right into our sermon this Sunday, but Colossians 3 2 says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And I've just been thinking a lot about Jerusalem, mm-hmm. like to the Jews, to the Israelites, like how important uh, the temple of the Lord was and how important Jerusalem is as the presence of God and a, a safe place that God gave them to dwell within the safety of the walls, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into Sunday. Um, and so they they desired to be in God's presence, so they wanted to be in Jerusalem. So it's a very precious place. And then I'm like, is my mind set on that? Like, is my mm. mind set on being in the presence of the Lord at the point saying, I know there's safety, there's security, there's life, there's living water. Like, it's all right there. And yet my mind gets captivated by this world instead because mm. it's louder than God sometimes. And so um, there's this competition for our minds. Uh, that our thoughts are continually being competed over. Um, and so when when Paul says, set your minds on things that are above, he's reminding us as Christians, is there's going to be a new heavens, new earth, a new Jerusalem. Mm. You know, the presence of the Lord, the scriptures say that God uh, will be the temple of the Lord. Like his very being is going to be the temple. That's the, his presence. And, and yet, do we think about those mm. things? Mm-hmm. Like, do we allow our hearts to be so... in? Um, captivated by the presence of the Lord and, and think and dream upon those things that the stuff of this world just becomes like pales in comparison mm-hmm. to the presence of God. Um, and so that I, as I think this through and as we're preparing for Sunday, even like how much do, do our minds and hearts bend towards uh, the desire to, to be in God's presence and what he's going to do someday? Do, like, do we believe mm-hmm. it? Um, so yeah, that's that Colossians passage. Right before that, I had Psalm 105, 4, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually, mm. which kind of jumps off of that. Like, don't stop seeking the presence of the Lord. Mm. Um, and then also, like, I think we we have this thing where we, where we think, like, Sunday at 10 a.m., once we walk through the doors, like, we're in the presence of God. And, and yet I've watched people 
um, that they get the understanding that God, God wants to meet you everywhere, mm-hmm. like stinking everywhere. That's where God wants to meet you. Mm-hmm. And that he, his desires for your heart to be bent towards him, um, it, during your, your, every, every minute of the day. Um, and he wants to infiltrate, um, that aspect of, of your horrible work interactions. Like he, <laughs> he's there, but is our heart bent towards him? So any mm-hmm. thoughts, I don't want to get on a rambling preaching mode here. So any thoughts that you might have? That was good. Um, no, I think, yeah, he wants to, we've talked about this before, but every, <clears throat> every small decision you make, uh, to lay your life down, uh, for your spouse or to, um, speak the truth in love or to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And all these little decisions we have throughout the day, like God, God isn't just after our hearts for one hour on a Sunday morning. He is after your heart and he's pursuing you harder than you pursue him at all times, in all places, every day, every minute, every second. Um, and he, he wants our attention. He wants our attentiveness. He wants us to be open to hear him speak and guide and lead us in the truth. It's good closing thoughts. That may be it, but I'm just curious. It's all I have scripture wise today, but yeah, seek the Lord and his presence continually. Amen. Let it be so. Mm-hmm. See you next episode. Thanks for listening to the seek first podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.